This is uh, uh, this is your missions week where you're, you know, you can commit some money to the Lord uh, for missions. We're going to talk about money, but I want to talk about something first. The reason why, because <laughs> if we talk about money, we don't talk about the gospel first. We're out of order. You cannot pay your way into heaven. You can't do anything to earn it. It's God's salvation that's given to us. Uh, he's chosen us. We belong to him. And we don't belong to him because we give money. We don't belong to him because we're better than anybody else. We're chosen by him, by his grace and his mercy. Uh, and so I want to just show you this for illustration, uh, first of all, uh, that uh, I found very, very helpful to remind me of um, the Lord's grace to me and also to use, I use this oftentimes when I witness. Um, we are to be witnesses, so this is just a quick one, quick little uh, way of giving the gospel and a, and a way of illustrating, a um, good way of illustrating the truth. All right, first of all, we believe, you know, that God is righteous and just. So I use, um, this is God and his righteousness, okay? And uh, here we are, this is a man and this is our sin, okay? Now, the problem we have is that God is totally righteous and we cannot be in his presence if we have sin. We, if we have lots of sin or if we have little sin, we are separated from God because he is absolute perfect righteousness. Um, if you put germs out in the middle of the sunshine in the summer in Mississippi, it's going to fry those, it's gonna fry that, uh, those germs right out. You know, they'll die right away by the, the sun hitting it. If we're going into God's presence, we have to be absolutely as righteous as him. And there's no way we can do that. We cannot get rid of this. And now some people say, well, you know, I'll do better next year. So they turn over their sin, you know, every New Year's. I'm going to do better next year. Well, that sin is still there. Other ones say, well, I'm going to do lots of good works and I'm going to cover that sin. So they cover that sin with the good works, but it's, you're still separated from God. The good works don't do anything, you know. Uh, the sin is still there. Others say, well, I'll, I'll baptize that sin. And you baptize the sin, it's wet sin. It keeps you, you're still separated from God because of your sin. And there's nothing you can do about it because the payment for this sin is to be separated from God forever. And then you miss the point, being with God. So God knew that we were in a predicament that we had no solution for. Salvation is his idea. He sent his son down from heaven who was perfect and righteous. He became a man so that he could take the sin of his people. And when he died on the cross, he died for those who believe. He died and paid for their sin. Okay? When he was on the cross, he was on the cross between the point of the time where he said, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's when the, the sins were put on him. Three hours later, when the lights turned back on, um, he said, it is finished, meaning it is paid in full. That's the word um, to tell us die. And that's the, my favorite word in all the Greek language. It means it is finished. It is paid in full. It's what they used to stamp on. A, remember used to, when we get receipts, they'd have paid on it. You don't have that much anymore. You get printed out receipts. We used to be get that thing paid, you know, and you say, oh, that's Tetelestai. That's what they put on their receipts back then. 
I'd also put that on a guy got to go to prison and he would um, have a, all the list of things that he did wrong and it'd be nailed to the door of his cell. And then when he was through paying his debts to society, they'd write to Telestai on that paper and they'd give that to him. And then somebody would say, well, you're supposed to be in jail. He said, no, no, look on the paper to Telestai paid, you know, so that was his freedom that that illustrated his freedom uh, when you pay a debt you're you're free you're freed from that debt so that's tetelestai jesus said tetelestai and that's when those sins up oh, there they go uh, those sins are paid for and when we trust it well here he is he's got our sins and then he paid for them and then when we trust in him when we place our faith in christ as our substitute, as the one who took our place, we should have died on the cross to pay for our sin. He gives us his righteousness. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, God made him who knew no sin, that'd be Jesus, to be sin for us so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Now, I don't know about you, but I looked at that when I saw that, I said, that is an ex amazing exchange my contribution to my salvation is my sin, and he does everything else. <laughs> That's, and I, I said to myself, I would be a fool to turn that down, you know. Uh, and I became a believer in college at the KA Fraternity House at Mississippi State. There's not a whole lot of people that get saved at fraternity houses, but there was a revival going on uh, on the campuses in those days. That was the Jimmy Turner days here. Um, and it was a, you know, it's an amazing thing. God saved me and I've been in his service and have found joy and satisfaction in him to an immense degree. Now, we're going to talk about missions and we're going to talk about contributing money for missions. Remember, none of what you give is, is going to give you any credit before the holy and righteous God. You've got to be perfect to get to heaven. The only way to get it is by Christ being your substitute and taking your place. So remember that. And that's why we do missions. We do missions because he died for us. He, we do missions because we belong to him by his grace and his mercy. He's chosen us. He's, he's taken us into his family and we belong to him. And when we sin, we need to go to our father and we need to confess that sin and he will take care of it. Uh, I had a father who could take care of, uh, well, there were a bunch of boys in my family, six boys, and uh, he knew how to take care of us. And uh, we were busy every spring holiday, spring break. We were busy every Christmas break, so he didn't want us getting in trouble. So, <laughs> and uh, God the Father will keep us busy and keep us out of sin if we let him. And uh, so we need to have tender hearts. Now, we're going to read 3 John, okay? I want you to, this is a little book right before... Um, Right toward the end of the Bible, um, Third John. You've got Jude right before Revelation, but Third John. It's a it's a really nice little epistle um, from the Apostle John. Now, some of you older folks will remember Highlights Magazine, and if you remember Highlights Magazine, you remember Goofus and Gallant. You remember Goofus and Gallant. Goofus was the guy, the boy that was always getting in trouble, not being very obedient, uh, had bad manners at the table and talked with his mouth full and all that. But Gallant, now Gallant always had his hair combed and his clothes were nice and everything. Well, we're going to see in 3 John, we're going to see Goofus and Gallant. Okay, they got different names, but it's a couple of guys here. I'm going to read this, um, this is in the NIV, 3 John, the elder to my dear friends Gaius, whom I love in the truth. Dear friend, 
I pray that you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even as your soul is getting along well. It gave me great joy to have some brothers come and tell you, uh, tell about your faithfulness to the truth and how you continue to walk in the truth. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Dear friend, you're faithful in what you're doing for the brothers, even though they're strangers to you. They have told the church about, their, about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. We, there, we ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. I wrote to the church, but Diotrephes, who loves to be first, will have nothing to do with us. So if I come, I will call attention to what he's doing, gossiping maliciously about us. Not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brothers. He also stops those who want to do so and puts them out of the church. Dear friend, do not imitate what is evil, but what is good. Anyone who does what is good is from God. Anyone who does what is evil is not, has not seen God. Demetrius is well spoken of by everyone, and even by the truth itself. We also speak well of him, and you know that our testimony is true. I have much to write to you, but I do not want to do so with pen and ink. I hope to see you soon, and we will talk face to face. Peace to you. The friends here send their greetings. Greet the friends there by name. Okay, that's a little short epistle written by the Apostle Paul. Um, he's an old man now, and um, back then, uh, he was probably at Ephesus, in the town, one of the towns that is in the, the western side of Turkey. And there were several other churches around there, and the seven churches of the Revelation are in that same area uh, around Ephesus. And that was later in, uh, in his life, it's um, somewhere between 70 and 100 um, A.D., and that's about when he was, how old he was as well. Um, he had commissioned a lot of younger men or other people to go out and take the gospel to these towns and, other, and on beyond. So he was a missionary sender in a lot of ways. He was a, a pastor that had a lot of influence. He was an apostle after all. This was the one that Jesus loved, John. Um, and he would send out guys into ministry and uh, they didn't have you know, faith promise programs so much. Uh, but they did have in the local churches people who would give. And uh, maybe they did do it collectively as the church as well. But here it's basically an idea of these guys are sent out and they would be, they would go to one place and they would preach the gospel and then those people would give him enough provision and then they would move on to another place and the people there would give him provision to keep going. And uh, that's the kind of the way it worked. Sometimes you'll see in First uh, John that you're not to receive and help people that were teaching false doctrine. And that was, there was a warning against, because those kind of guys were going around as well. But he's, he, he's, he's talking about uh, commissioning and sending out missionaries that would go uh, out into the different places. Now, just remember, until a, a while later, every, all of the missions were home missions. They were not, not really uh, faith, they were not really foreign missions. They didn't have to learn a new language. They all spoke Greek. Uh, 
Uh, they were all in the Roman Empire under the Pax Romana. Um, this was the peace that Rome brought to the whole Mediterranean basin by force, but it was a, basically a peaceful time. Um, that's why probably why Christ came at that time, so that the gospel could be spread with the same language as the New Testament was written, and uh, so that they could have good roads. They had very good uh, communication. You had uh, maritime communication as well, uh, ships and things like that. And uh, it was a good time to be able to spread the gospel. And that was by God's plan, certainly. Um, but these itinerant preachers would be sent out uh, by John, and then they would return to Ephesus and they give a report. And as they came back to Ephesus, they gave a report of Good old Gallant. And uh, Gallant here is uh, named Gaius. G-A-I-U-S. Gaius. And uh, so Gaius was a good missionary sender. And um, it's, it, it, they had, uh, there was also a guy in the church, though. There was another fellow. And he was the goofus. And his name is Diotrephes. But he was really a lot worse than goofus. Goofus just had a few little, you know, little Politi uh, um, politeness problems or whatever. But uh, this guy, Diotrephes, was not a, he was not good. And he was an elder in the church. It was not good. Um, Gaius was, was um, commended and Diotrephes was really uh, warned. Seriously. He's, he's in trouble because he was not, um, he was not the kind of the guy you want to have as your elder, and he was against missions, and we'll see that in just a second. Uh, Gaius treated the missionaries well, uh, even though he didn't know them. Um, he, exp he, uh, uh, um, he gave them abundant provision, it says, and uh, he gave with a generous spirit. Whereas Diotrephes opposed the missionaries that were sent out by John, and he excommunicated anyone who supported that ministry. So let's look again. At, we read it, but we'll see it again. It's a short epistle. Um, verse 2, Dear friend, I pray you may enjoy good health and that all may go well with you, even, though, even as your soul is getting along well. That is not a promise for the prosperity gospel today. It's just as it's simple. John is writing a letter to his friend, okay, his friend Gaius. And then he says, it gave me joy to have some brothers come and tell about your faithfulness to the truth. So somebody has come back. One of these uh, itinerant missionaries has come back and said, boy, John, your guy, your guy, Gaius over there, your friend, your buddy there, he is really something else. He is really nice. He's very generous. He's the kind of guy uh, that you really ought to be proud of. And uh, so they were bragging on him. And uh, John says, man, that's really great. I have no greater joy to hear my children are walking the truth. So he's happy to hear the good news about Gaius. Gaius was a faithful man, and he was faithful in his um, missionary efforts of supporting missions. Um, in verse 5, John writes and tells Gaius, he says, Gaius, you are faithful in what you're doing for the brothers. All right, so he's faithful. Um, just a minute ago, um, we're told that we need to be faithfully giving, 
faithfully giving and the faith promise. So uh, that's what Gaius, this is, it's, they're in a, in a good situation. He says, you're faithful in what you're doing for the brothers. So it's, that's for the missionaries that are going out, even though they're strangers to you. He didn't know them. Now you folks, you don't know all these missionaries well. Uh, some you know better than others, but you don't know us well. But you've checked us out theologically and uh, found out what we do and you want to support us. And uh, that's a great thing. That's, uh, it, the Apostle John is commending Gaius for that, and I commend you as well um, for faithful support of missionaries. And uh, all us missionaries, we say amen, don't we? Amen, you know. Um, the, these, uh, these guys in verse 6, they went back and they were telling the church, man, that guy Gaius, he's a faithful guy. You know, he's the kind of guy you want to have. Uh, it says in verse 6, they have told the church about your love. So it's a motivation. It's a love. It's a love for the Lord. And therefore, because he didn't know these guys. Gaius didn't know the missionaries, but he loved the Lord and he gave generously because he loved the Lord. So they've told the church about your love. You will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. Now, that's the, this is a key verse. You will, you will do well to send them on their way in a manner worthy of God. Okay. That's the word propempo in the Greek. Propempo. It's easy, easy to pronounce. Propempo. It just means missionary sending. It means giving to provide for missionaries to do their work. It's used a lots of times in the New Testament, and every time it's used, it's used about missionary support. You didn't know missionary support was out really in the Bible, and there's a specific Greek term for it. Yeah, propempo. Um, you know, uh, let's say you're on the missions committee here and somebody that you don't know says, hey, you know, I'm going so and so and I'm going to work with this mission. And uh, you don't really know them at all. So what do you ask them to do? You ask them to fill out an application to your missions program. And on that application, you're going to ask, all right, all right, tell us about your conversion. Tell us where you're from. Tell us where you went to school. Tell us what you believe. Uh, give a, a resume of the gospel. Probably you're going to have a bunch of specific questions and you're going to want to know specifically what that person believes before you support them, before you're saying, hey, we'll stand behind you as a missionary and so forth and so on. And uh, some churches are very, very strict on the on the P's, you know, very different details. Others are less. But everybody, every church I know, they, they want to know, you know, really, where is this guy and, or woman? And uh, where, what do they believe, you know? And you want that. So um, in Romans, uh, hold your place in 3 John and go to Romans chapter 15. Romans chapter 15, verse 24. Um, this is an interesting verse. It uses the word propempo, by the way. This word, Romans 15. I can even get myself there. Okay, here we go. Um, Paul writes to the church, and I think the, the book of Romans, I think the book of Romans was Paul's introduction of himself to Rome so that they would support him as a missionary going to Spain. He's asking for missionary support from the church of Rome. He's never even been to the church of Rome. They don't know him. So he's writing, he writes 16 chapters to say, this is what I believe. And then in the 15th chapter, he says in verse 24, uh, well, first let's stop. Let's start at verse 23. Paul says toward the end of this letter, 
But now there's no more place for me to work in these regions. And since I've been longing for many years to see you, I plan to do so when I go to Spain. So Paul had an idea. He's going to go to Spain as a missionary and uh, he needs financing. He needs provision. So he says, I hope to visit you while passing through and have you assist me on my journey there after I've enjoyed your company for a while. That word propempo is translated here, assist me on my journey. You see there? So that's, Paul is, is appealing to the Roman church to support him and his mission to take the gospel to Spain. Isn't that interesting? And he used that word propempo. Same thing that uh, Gaius was doing, you know? Now, it's interesting to see how Gaius, he's a, he's a godly man, we've seen. We've seen that uh, he's generous. Look in, um, let's, see, let's see verse, uh, verse 7. It was for the sake of the name that they went out, receiving no help from the pagans. I'm not sure if I'm doing that or not. Um, we ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. So there's a lot of things you see right here that uh, he's, in, he's, um, he's giving, he's thinking about it, he's doing it in an intelligent way, he's doing it for the right reason, and it's the right kind of people. It was for the sake of the name that they went out. Now, another thing he says is they received no help from the pagans. Um, you know, when I was ready to go to France as a missionary or, or uh, to go work in Africa now, you know, you know what I didn't do? I didn't go to the Rotary Club. I liked the Rotary Club. My dad was a Rotary, Rotarian. My brother was, is, I don't know what he is, maybe still is, Rotarian. I didn't go to the Rotary Club and say, you know, I'm going to, to uh, work with Eli and take, uh, teach biblical theology in, uh, in Africa to pastors. Well, no, they, they, nah, they're not interested in that. I didn't go to the United Way to do that. We go to the church. Well, obvious. And that's what he's saying here. He says, they went out receiving no help from the pagans. We, therefore, ought to show hospitality to such men. All right, hospitality, what does that mean? That means providing for them. This is not just simple, oh yeah, we're going to have them over for a nice meal in a nice house and, you know, invite some of their friends. So, well, that's, that's very nice things to do, and that's what we call hospitality. But when it's used in the scripture, it's mainly talking about taking really care of and providing for the needs of the person. So it says, we ought therefore to show hospitality to such men so that we may work together for the truth. Uh, I like that verse, that, that is, underlines the idea that, hey, we're partners in mission, you know. Uh, everybody's not called to go. Some are called to go, but we're all partners in this together. The church has to be in partnership, uh, working together to get the job of evangelizing the world and uh, Great Commission. We have to work together in partnership, and so that's what he says. It's, uh, it's really neat. Um, in 2 John 11, he, he says this, anyone who help, um, if, if anyone comes to you and does not bring the correct teaching, uh, do not take him into your house or welcome him. Anyone who welcomes him shares in his wicked work. So that's the idea of hospitality. If, 
you're not supposed to do this for the wrong people. It's got to be done for the right people, the ones that teach the truth, that are for the truth, that are standing for the truth. It's, it's not just, hey, I like so-and-so. It's no, I like so-and-so and I like what he's doing. I like what he's teaching. It's, it's, it's it, the whole idea of the truth and what their message is, is extremely important. And, uh, you know, you can you can give and take on some of the minor issues in the scripture. But if if uh, if it's a main essential doctrine, you have no leeway at all. If you do, you'll be participating in their sin, according to Second John. Um, let's see. Um, you guys, everybody can't go. You can. Everyone can pray and many can give. And uh, that's what Gaius is being commended for because he was giving. He was doing it well. He was sending them on their way. He was um, providing for them. He was giving. And uh, it's very, very important in the scripture. Uh, Acts 15.3, Paul and Barnabas were sent on their way by the church. Acts 15.3, the word propempo uh, in 1 Corinthians 16.6. Paul plans for the Corinthian church to support his itinerant mission. Uh, mission. He, so he has a church in Corinth that's to support him. And he's asking for the church in Rome to support him. He probably had others as well. Uh, but in 1 Corinthians 16, 6, I will visit you after passing through Macedonia. For I, tend to, I intend to pass through Macedonia and perhaps I will stay with you or even spend the winter so that you may help me on my journey wherever I go. So again, missionary support. Is he asking for it? Yeah. <laughs> I had a guy one time, he said, oh, Bill, you're way out of God's will. Oh, you are, you're not ever supposed to share any needs about what you're doing. You're supposed to go into your closet, and he used the word closet, close the door and pray and God will answer. And you're never supposed to ask uh, for any missionary support. That was a long time ago, and I was uh, a younger fire eater, and man, I scorched that guy. <laughs> I, I wrote him a letter that was not real Christian, and I scorched him, and I shouldn't have done it. He's gone to heaven now, and I'm sure he's forgiven me, but man, I, uh, but poor old Apostle Paul, I mean, I wish he'd have written this letter to Paul, his letter that he sent to me, it was about a 10-page letter, by the way. Uh, I wish he'd have sent it to Apostle Paul, and Paul said, nah, excuse me, no, 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 you're wrong, you're out of line. He's, Paul is saying, I want you to support me, and he's He's giving them information on who he is and what he believes, and he's asking, bald-faced, right to them, and you know, support me, guys. First uh, Corinthians sixteen eleven, Paul directs the Corinthian church again to support Timothy's itinerant ministry. In verse ten, he says, "When Timothy comes, see that you put him at ease among you, for he's doing the work of the Lord as I am." So let no, one let no one despise him. Help him on his way in peace. Again, poropempo, give him provision. Second Corinthians, again, Second Corinthians chapter 1, verse 16. Paul is going to Judea and he's being helped by the Corinthians. This is when he's going back to Judea, back to Jerusalem. And uh, he, verse 16, I wanted to visit you on my way to Macedonia and to come back to you from Macedonia and have you send me on my way to Judea. So again, he's asking for financial and maybe uh, practical support to get him on his way on this mission. 
And then in Titus chapter 3, verse 13, uh, do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way. So Paul is appealing to have Zenos and Apollos so that they be supported. So he's not asking for himself, but he's asking for others as he did for Timothy. Uh, help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos on their way and see that they have everything that they need. So that word propempo is translated a number of different ways, but it always talking about missionary support for these missions that are going from one place to another. Uh, it's pretty neat. So again, a few minutes ago, I said that everybody that was in, um, in this situation, they were home missionaries. They never had to learn a new language. Uh, they didn't have to have a visa. They didn't have to take an airplane. They might have taken a boat, but um, they stayed within the Roman Empire. But as, as the church grew, they went beyond that. They went, um, went to different countries. I was in um, Chennai, India uh, a couple of years ago, and I visited a church that Doubting Thomas started, evidently, is the, is the word. You know, good old Doubting Thomas. Well, he, he quit doubting and he went on uh, to India. And evidently in South India, there are many churches to this day that owe their existence to this apostle that went uh, there. And he became a foreign missionary. But there's no real distinction. Uh, but just a word for, um, uh, I just found it interesting to think about that these guys at the very first, they had one large, large, large empire to do their work in to be as a base, which was really, really a good thing. I'm sure God arranged that as well. So um, what I want us to do is uh, each of us needs to examine themselves. Do I want to be a partner in mission, uh, you know, in uh, with what my church does and what I want to do and that kind of thing and to be a gayus? And be a gayist. It's a, it's a good thing. Now, um, we ought to support, he says in verse 8, um, we ought to support people like this. Um, there we go. Yeah, we ought to support these people. So it's pretty much of a duty, okay? Um, and in verse 8, he talks about being a partner. And then in, uh, let's see. Then he moves on. He talks about diatrophies. That's in verse 9. That's 3 John 9. He said, now I wrote to the church, but diatrophies who loves to be first will have nothing to do with us. Now this is the apostle John. Okay, this is an apostle. And he's writing to the church and he has apostolic authority. And diatrophies will have nothing. He loves to be first. Why is he doing? He's, he's puffed up with pride. He's an elder. And he is somebody. And he thinks it's, it's a, a great honor. No, it's not an honor. It's a duty. It's a responsibility. It's, a, it's work. And you, you know, you guys can honor your, uh, your elders, but they don't consider it an honor. They, they consider it a duty and a responsibility. And they do it because they love the Lord. And it's a lot of work and a lot of, a lot of weight on their shoulders. But they do it because they love the Lord. Um, but this guy, he did it because he loved to be first. And he liked the, the position and all that stuff. And he will have nothing to do with the Apostle John. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty sad. This is the, 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 the disciple, the Apostle that Jesus loved. And this guy won't have anything to do with him. That's pretty sad. Tells you how, where his heart really is. And then in verse 10, John says, now if I come, I will call attention to what he's doing, gossiping maliciously about us. So this guy is, is seriously out of line. He's an elder. And then the worst, 
not satisfied with that, he refuses to welcome the brother. So the missionary comes through. He's an elder in this church. He should be one of the first that says, okay, hey, let's see what we can do. We're going to do, uh, we're going to do some pro-pempo on this guy. You know, we're going we're gonna to take care of him. We're going to send him on his way in a manner worthy of God. We're going to have God's condemna, uh, uh, commendation for us for that. No, no, no. He's, uh, he's not satisfied. He refuses to welcome the brothers. And then listen to this. He also stops those who want to do so, and he puts them out of the church. Now, this is really, really strange. You know, say if Alan Brewer is an anti-missions elder in his church and somebody comes on and, um, and say, Russ says, I want to support Bill Boggess. I'm going to support Bill Boggess. And Alan says, nope, you're out. You're excommunicated. He would excommunicate Russ because he's a missionary supporter and this elder doesn't like what he, this other one is doing. That's crazy. So you shouldn't ever be surprised how churches get really messed up because, <laughs> I mean, this is a pretty bad example of an elder in a church that's so puffed up with pride that if somebody wants to support missions, he gets excommunicated by, another, by an elder. That's, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's crazy. Anyway. So yeah, John writes on, do not imitate what's evil, but what is good. Um, and, then he, and then he talks about another guy that's another good fellow, Demetrius. Uh, not Diotrephes. Don't con confuse Diotrephes and Demetrius. They're two different guys. But anyway, but the point here is that um, we need to have, we need to follow the example of Gaius. We need to send out missionaries in a manner worthy of God. We need to do it in a, there's a call, there's a call to excellence here in this matter of giving. This is not, oh, I'll give a little bit, you know. It's that, no, we're called to do something in a manner worthy of God. Missionary giving is a serious matter, and it's part of our responsibility to get the gospel out to all the nations. And uh, we need to be faithful doing it. When we get to heaven, um, we want to hear some words from the Lord. We want to hear him say, well done, my good and faithful servant. Faithful. That's what he said in verse 5. He called Gaius faithful because of his missionary giving. And we want to be called faithful. So be serious about this. Uh, we're called to excellence in supporting missionaries. It's used all through the New, all through the New Testament. Uh, Paul even asked for finances for himself for his mission. He asked for other people to go out. And uh, John's talking about this and commends the, the generosity of Gaius in doing uh, missions and uh, all this kind of stuff. So uh, it's an important thing that we do. It's an important thing that we do here. Um, God needs to be worshipped. He's worthy of being worshipped. We need to send missionaries that will start churches and develop churches. And, uh, uh, you know, men need to be brought into right relationship with God. And uh, this is what missions is all about. Uh, anyway, um, I think I'll finish this with a with a, a, a Psalm 57, verses 9 through 11. I will give thanks to you, O Lord, among the peoples. I will sing praises to you among the nations. For your steadfast love is great to the heavens, your faithfulness to the clouds. Be exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. 
That's what missions is all about right there. Um, we, need to, we need to be serious about it. We need to realize it's for God's glory. And we need to remember it doesn't acquire anything. Um, it doesn't acquire our salvation. Uh, it doesn't... Uh, it doesn't help God love us more. You know, there's nothing we can do that makes God love us more. And there's nothing we can do that can make God love us less. On the other hand, there, there are other good reasons to serve the Lord, you know. But it's not a question of attaining and, and acquiring and, um, and uh, deserving more of his love. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about obedience to our, our Savior, obedience to our sovereign Lord, for his glory so that more people will glorify him. Uh, when we went to France, we didn't go just to go save Frenchmen. We couldn't save anybody anyway. Uh, but the main thing was to establish places in France where he was not being worshipped and that he is now worshipped. And uh, we worked for a long time. And there are two places in two, pla two towns in France right now because of partial partially a cause of my work, their God is being glorified and honored every Sunday and through the week. Uh, that's the point. That's the point. It's all, it's a, it's a God-centered mission. This is not a man-centered, uh, we're going to go save sinners kind of mission. It's a God needs to be glorified. We need to establish churches so he will be glorified by the teaching and preaching of the truth and the saving of souls by the gospel. And that's the kind of thing. Just remember, that's the main point. And we can be partners in that like Gaius was. We can be faithfully um, doing what he's asked us to do and um, participate in this ministry. And it's a glorious, it's a glorious thing to do. And uh, personally, I, I would like to say thank you so much for standing with us for many, 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 many years in France and then now in, in Africa. And I'm sure the other missionaries would also say, yes, thank you very much. You're, you've been a good church. You've been a faithful church. Uh, I don't see any I don't see any diatrophies uh, hanging around and that's good. So uh, anyway, um, Thank you so much.